This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Great day for talk radio. Love that story Danny had that uh, <laughs> Woodbine Entertainment Group has managed to secure a go station stop that they're going to pick up the tab for. And so uh, I guess the casino up there will be doing a brisk business as people are uh, on their way home to Pickering with bus connections for Ajax, Whitby, Oshawa, and Debtor's Prison. (laughs) What is that? The Voyage of the Damned? Boy, you lose your shirt. That won't be a pleasant ride. But uh, nonetheless, that's kind of fascinating to me. No cost to taxpayers. All aboard the Hell Express. You've just lost your shirt at the tables. Anyway, uh... Well, maybe that's another function for the UP Express, you know, on the way to Pearson, stop off at Woodbine, all the casinos along the routes. Uh, casinos can sponsor. Uh, when's the next go uh, station going directly into Rama? It's going to be interesting. This is, uh, again, offsetting some costs to the infrastructure. If you've got, you know, big money interest willing to pick up the freight, I guess. There may be some devil in the details. We'll find out shortly. Uh, we do have the former Premier Ernie Eves joining us along with John Turley Ewart and Catherine Swift. And uh, we'll hash through all the big stories that are playing out today, not least of which, of course, is the testimony of Gerald Butts and the Clerk of the Privy Council earlier today, whether or not that mitigated any damage to the Liberal brand, the Prime Minister's reputation. And, of course, uh, did they stanch the bleeding as a matter of interpretation? That's what Jerry Butts was saying. It was a gray area. We just saw things differently. Uh, or is it posting his credibility up against Jody Wilson-Raybould, who comes out in terms ahead in terms of public perception? On other matters closer to home, well, we've got the chief financial accountability officer of the province weighing in when he says health care spending is going through the roof with an aging demographic. A balanced budget in four years' time uh, may be a pipe dream. Let's get to that as a first order of business into Hour 2 of the Oakley Show and a great day for talk radio. Peter Weltman is with us on the line, the financial accountability officer here in the province. Peter, good to have you back. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. All right. Uh, And so uh, yours is a rather uh, dire scenario that says uh, if health care is to be maintained uh, and what an aging population, we all know what that means, uh, there's going to be trouble reconciling that to a balanced budget in four years as promised by Premier Ford. Well, that's pretty much the message of the report. I think I would like to, uh, you know, posit that, that one of the scenarios that the government is considering is balancing in four years. And if that's a scenario that they want to they, they, they want to try to achieve, it's going to be difficult. And I think that's what the report says. I mean, it's, it's very clear. The report spells out, and we do this every year, by the way, we update based on changes to cost drivers and changes to government policy. So the three key cost drivers to the health care program are, as you've said, uh, so not just an aging population, but also a growing population <clears throat> as well. There's health inflation, and inflation in healthcare is different than, than consumer product inflation. You have more specialized equipment, you have more specialized services. The inflation rate tends to be a little bit higher. Drugs, we don't even need to go there right now. So, with those three drivers and layering on the commitments made by the government to adding more long term care beds and the physician's arbitration settlement, we end up with a situation where we expect to see demand for health care services push up the expenses by 4.6% per year. So basically by 2022-23, our $60 billion program goes to just over $73 billion. Right. So that's an increase of uh, $12, $13 billion extra dollars. And you're saying health care comprises over 41% of program spending in the province. So it's the big nut. 
It is the big nut. And if you're trying, and we put the scenario out as we did in our fall economic uh, budget outlook, if you're if you're looking to balance over the four-year period of the mandate without raising taxes, the only way you can do that without raising taxes is reducing spending. So spending would have to be reduced. So about $12 billion and change that would normally have been put into the system to meet the demand, you're going to have to take you know, you're going to have to reduce that by 8.6. So instead of putting $12 billion in, you're going to have to find a way to only put $3.5 billion in. All right. I know that you don't really make value judgments. You just assess or analyze the situation and file the report. But uh, what is your sense? Efficiencies, would that potentially be able to do it? Efficiencies is one of those value judgment words that everybody has a different <laughs> interpretation of what that means. Uh-huh. So I think I'll be a little more clinical and maybe a little more boring about it. So really, there are two ways to change this, the picture. One is to reduce the demand, uh, which isn't maybe politically viable <clears throat> and maybe not morally viable, but we won't go there. The other way is to, to, is to reduce supply, which also may not be politically viable. So if you know, are you going to cut services? That's reducing supply. A third way, a very difficult way, is by finding the same way to deliver those same services or at least get those same outcomes for less money. So, you know, an example. Like, I'm old enough to remember when I got an x-ray, they used to take the x-ray, they'd put it on a film, and they'd put it in the mail and mail it to the doctor, and a week later the doctor would scribble the notes down on uh, my medical record, and then he would call me, and I'd have to go in and all that sort of thing. And nowadays you go for an x-ray, and they it's digital, they zap it over to whomever, your doctor, and they've got it on the chart. Somebody calls you that afternoon and says, uh, you don't need to come in. That's a way to take costs out of the system and deliver the same service. So that, But that's a very difficult exercise, and we're looking at a lot of costs to take out of the system if you're trying to achieve that balanced budget scenario. All right. When you say it's a difficult exercise, uh, are you saying politically now uh, or physically, economically, because what you're seeming to imply is uh, an argument against single-payer health care. There ought to be some form of privatization. A second tier may be introduced. I'm not saying anything like that. That's that's just not part of our report, and that's not part of what I'm saying. I'm saying that you need to find different ways to to deliver, and maybe, you know, you have to look at all the alternatives. So operationally, it's very difficult to do any kind of process reengineering or transformation, as some people call it. And, of course, if it's operationally difficult and it affects a lot of users, then it becomes, by its very nature, politically difficult. If it's a program that's delivered by the government, it's a, you know, if it's a bank delivering a program, that's their problem. It's not political. But this isn't. This is a program delivered by the government to its citizens. If it's going to undergo significant operational changes, it will affect those citizens in one way, shape, or form, and it becomes a political issue to be managed. All right. So you wouldn't say it, but I guess I just did. Uh, So that's the implication or the inference I draw from your report. I guess the point of the exercise is to what? Uh, Just give a snapshot uh, of where we stand or to start a conversation? It's to give a snapshot and start a conversation. These are questions that need to be asked. These are questions that, frankly, our elected representatives need to be asking the government. You know, you've got these these multiple objectives. The objective of you know either balancing or whatever you know whatever that may be. I think in the in the spring budget, we're looking forward to seeing what that fiscal target or that fiscal strategy or that fiscal anchor might be. Is it a balanced budget? Is it a GDP ratio? Is it something else? So you're trying to get to a certain point fiscally. <clears throat> you have 
already limited your ability to do something by not raising revenues. So you've only got one other way to do it. And these are significant numbers, significant changes. How are those changes going to impact our constituents? So those are the sorts of questions that you know we would like to see MPPs asking in the ledge, and that's why we provide this information. It's a snapshot. It's a baseline. It gives you a forward-looking projection saying, if we don't do anything now, here's what the future could look like, or a very high probability of what it will look like. And yep. therefore, here, here are the changes to the future that need to happen. How are we going to get there? Yeah, and this one's particularly telling because it seems healthcare more than any other thing I can really, you know, surmise at present, susceptible to demographic shifts. Uh, are there any other ministries that you can think of that would be a susceptible to demographic influence, I guess? Well, I think education has uh, got a certain amount of that, I mean, certainly in population growth. Uh-huh. But, but with health, you're right, you've got both. You've got the growth in the population, and then you've got the aging of the population. So we know, looking at data, that health care expenses are high when you are first born. There's a you know, fair bit of expense in being born in a hospital and everything that needs to happen. <clears throat> they get fairly low for a fairly long period of time, generally speaking. And then when you start becoming a little bit older, then the, the cost starts creeping up. And as you get towards the end of your life, your last year of life, the costs are dramatically higher, mm-hmm. dramatically higher. So that's the profile. And it's not new. It's been known for a while. And you have to find ways to, to manage that profile. The other thing we know is that you know, I think a very small percentage of people account for a fairly significant cost to the program for you know a whole bunch of reasons, and that's that's also a, something that you know you could look at as well. All right. Well, uh, as we said earlier, a snapshot of where we stand relative to uh, the promise or the stated goal of wanting to balance a budget, but there are increased pressures coming to bear on that particular uh, file or ministry. And uh, for this insight, Peter, we thank you so much, and uh, we'll see how the government responds to this and further reports as well. Always good to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Great to talk to you too. Thanks. Okay. Peter Weltman again is the Financial Accountability Officer in the province of Ontario. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.